This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Wednesday, the 10th of February. Justin, how about this? Mm -hmm. Facebook is removing posts relating to COVID-19 conspiracies that discourage vaccination. How about that? Pete Evans would be devastated about this one. (laughs) Brett, Hyundai and Kia have done a full 180 on Apple. They've suddenly said that they're not going to deal with Apple to make autonomous electric cars. It's off. I'm very surprised, but Justin, we have three really informative stories today. Let's do it. For our first, Australian furniture retailer Nick Scarly will repay the JobKeeper payments the company received following a healthy dose of good old-fashioned <laughs> political pressure. Nothing more effective than a bit of peer pressure. <laughs> what is happening here? All right, one thing is for sure, as the FluxFam knows, online retailers did very nicely during COVID lockdown. And Nick Scarly was right up there. But what do you know? Nick Scarly still received JobKeeper payments in 2020. Get this, Brett. Nick Scarly's Profit for July to December almost doubled to 40.5 million. So, yes, this yummy rise in profits was definitely helped by that $3.6 million in JobKeeper money. But now, Nick Scully's is going to pay back that 3.6 mil that the company received. So, please, the money. <laughs> so, what's the key learning here? This reporting season will have a totally new element for companies to contend with mm-hmm. JobKeeper shaming. Retailers that were happy to accept JobKeeper from the government have come under plenty of pressure as they've released their latest financial results. The fact that many have enjoyed big jumps in profit and have paid out yummy dividends aka JobKeeper dividends ooh, not a good look. The question is Brett, what does it mean for other companies in similar positions? Retailers like Premier Investments, owner of Smiggle and Peter Alexander, yep. they reported very, 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 very nice earnings but so far they've decided against returning mm. wage subsidies. And with around 2 million Aussies either unemployed or underemployed mm-hmm. it just doesn't look great to keep that money or just hand it out to your shareholders. For our second story, electric car favorite Tesla has bought $1.95 billion in Bitcoin and will start accepting the cryptocurrency as payment in the near future. This is extremely huge news for the cryptocurrency community, Brad. So tell me more. Okay, Tesla bought nearly $2 billion worth of Bitcoin and will soon accept it as a payment for its products. But more importantly, Justin, Bitcoin surged to its most expensive slash valuable level ever. In just 12 hours, Bitcoin's value soared by around $8,000. And hello, the price of Bitcoin has surged by more than 330% in the past year. Brett, why did Tesla actually do this? Well, technically, it relates to how Tesla manages its own cash. Supposedly, it will allow Tesla to operate with more flexibility Mm. to diversify and maximize returns on cash. Lovely buzzwords there, Mm -hmm. but there's also another reason, and that is, Justin, that Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, loves crypto. So what's the key learning here? Strong brands give questionable brands more credibility. Tesla will be the first car maker to accept Bitcoin for payment. There's only one problem here though. Okay. The news that Tesla was going all in on Bitcoin raised immediate questions from regulators around CEO Elon Musk's behavior on Twitter in recent weeks. As we know, Elon has been encouraging people to invest in cryptocurrencies a lot. And that includes Bitcoin. And of course, Dogecoin. (laughs) Fortunately, Tesla's in good company though. Both PayPal and Square and a few other big companies have been investing a lot in crypto lately. 
For our third and final story, new social media sensation Clubhouse, which is an audio-only app that offers digital rooms for interesting conversations, has been blocked in China. What? That was quick. <laughs> What's the story here? Well, firstly, Clubhouse is an app that lets people chat with their voices instead of <laughs> written messages. And it has boomed in popularity over the last few months, now with over 5 million users. And Brett, why do people love it? It still kind of has this air of exclusivity. You need to know someone to get an invite and they're kind of precious these invites only two per person <laughs> but despite its rapid growth clubhouse has been blocked in china just a couple of days ago and why is that it's become the go-to app for uncensored conversations in china and when we say uncensored conversations we mean a nice mix of topics that are most definitely banned on other platforms in china we're talking controversial topics like the ongoing crackdown against the uyghur community we're talking about democracy in hong kong and there was plenty of chat about the sovereignty Ooh. of taiwan and the People's Republic of China is having none of that. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. So what's the key learning here? If we can't control it, then you can't use it. China's digital censorship of overseas apps is known as the Great Firewall of China. You see, unlike some other apps in China, Clubhouse is not censored by the Chinese Communist Party. And Clubhouse users have been free to talk about whatever they want. But let's just quickly put this into context, Justin. Chinese authorities have blocked other social media apps like Facebook mm -hmm. and like Twitter. So what's happening is that China is just cracking down on any technology that challenges how the government controls society. It's actually a badge of honor for Clubhouse. Flux fam, a big shout out from Sarah to Greg, who's listening to What the Flux on his way to work right now. We love you, Greg. We love you a lot. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.